Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Hi, Megan. Hi, guys. It's been so long. Thank you for accommodating my 5 p.m. chime change. You're such a, you're so high maintenance, Megan. I I really am high maintenance in the summer. This from the woman who next week is available like three hours. I know. Right. Hi. (laughs) Watermelon sugar. Hi. Hi. You know what? (laughs) Speaking of watermelon sugar. I thought I missed y'all for a moment. (laughs) When did you add the new, new Harry Styles single to the radio playlist? Uh, Here she is. Oh, like I was driving to work. Okay. I was driving to work and I was like. Wait, why is this song on? Yeah, seriously, why is that song on? Um, she swallowed my Martha's choking on watermelon. It's fine, Pat. Oh. <laughs> I don't even worry about her. Yeah. No. She's like, whatever. If By she's the way, coughing, she's breathing. The fact that I'm sitting down, not perched on a stool, I got the new fancy schmancy mic stand. <laughs> That's awesome. So now you yeah. can actually sit like you're comfortable. Yeah. It kind of looks like that back curtain is like a flasher, and all he's shown you is his mock stand. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, look hey, at me. Baby. Woo. <laughs> it really sticks out there, man. And hey, it's really baby big up. at the tip. I love your mic stand. It's so big. Oh, good God. <laughs> I've missed you guys. I knew it. <laughs> want me to bring up like martha are you going away again in two weeks yes i know <laughs> what are you when are you leaving the 8th of july so um how how do you guys feel about recording without me will you miss me so okay. badly that- you look really nervous Vonnie. Yes. are I'm you okay not, i think it's a nervousness <clears throat> that Vonnie's. It's been a long day. I had a hair appointment, and then I volunteered at the food bank, and then came right here. Your hair looks nice, by the way. Thanks. It's a little too gray for me. It doesn't look gray it's to like me. Silvery, silvery, yes. And I, I want it, but he, shiny. Yeah, but he said that it's because of the toner, because it was a little too warm tone. I wanted like more blonde. Oh. So once I wash it a time or two, it'll take more of that toner out, and it'll start to turn like a better blonde. Then it'll like be yeah. a cooler blonde instead of like I think an orange. Blonde. I think it's nice. Yeah, when he was drying it, I was like, um, that's real silver. I was like, I don't want silver. <laughs> and I was like, today is not the day. I do not have time for you to redo it. <laughs> like, And he was like, oh, no, no, it'll be okay. I was like, I'm trusting you, Ryan. I am trusting you. Yeah, I guess we'll be dissing so, him next week if she still has silver hair so next week. I told him, uh, so we have, I, if Ryan, if you're listening, I'm still trusting you because I gave him a podcast um, card today. <laughs> Don't diss your hairdresser. It would be a bad idea. Yeah, so I'm trusting that he went to school for that and knows what he's talking about and that it's going to be a badass be blonde. Okay. But Jeremiah so I- told me I looked like his mother and I was <gasps> punched him in the throat. <laughs> Because, like, we were at the food bank, and he was like, and all of a sudden, he's like, your hair's kind of gray. It's kind of like my mom's color, and I, like, literally punched him in the chest. I was like, you're an asshole. Stop it. Yeah, he deserved a punch for that. Yeah, he, he should never say that to a woman. And then I was like, whatever, my mom's hair's gray, too, so I probably just look more like my mom. Leave me be. 
And then I that is totally not gray. He's seriously blind. <laughs> He's a guy. They don't catch yeah. shades of difference. Okay, so y'all probably saw that stupid Doctor Oz is running for is won the primary in my state. I right? saw he that. Won. Oh my god! Oh, yes, they finally. Said they had it. to do a recount. It took for freaking ever, and the other guy just finally conceded and was like, oh, "Have fun." Okay, but the guy that okay, the guy that's running against him is so freaking amazing. The only problem is he had a stroke like a day before the primary. Oh, no. He's still good, but you know they're going to attack his health care. Yeah, they will. But I saw a post from him today on Facebook, and he was the mayor of a town called Bradford here for a while, and he's really big into gun control. And, like, so he has the zip code in a huge tattoo on one hand, and on the other hand, he has the date and the year of every single time a gun-related death happened in his city while he was the mayor. Oh, shit. There's like 10 of them, and he was the mayor for like four years, and every time there was one, he like tried to crack down more on gun control. Dude, if he doesn't win and we get Dr. Oz instead for our senator, I'm going to cry. He looks like Governor Motorcycle Club or something, <laughs> but in a kind of appealing way. I mean, he's he's he is a tattooed dude. And I, I think that's why he went on Facebook, because he was like, I know I have tattoos and I'm not like I don't look like your usual politician. But here's what these tattoos mean. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But oh, my gosh, you know, my luck. I'm sitting here in Pennsylvania and we'll get Dr. Oz as our senator and I'll cry. Oh. I don't understand why people think that if you're on TV, you automatically are like the savior of the country. People are so stupid. <laughs> Sorry, they are. They go to the voting booth and they go, I recognize that name. Click. I recognize that name. Click. And that's how they fucking vote. I, I, you know, when you buy something on like Best Buy and it like <laughs> compares them with check marks, that's what I need. Like... <laughs> This guy, <laughs> this, really you know what? That would be amazing. Like Someone should really do a chart like that. Yeah, like, like when you're trying to figure out which liquid plumber to buy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This one's good on hair cloth. Right. Well, Dude, like, I constantly scroll to the bottom of <laughs> yes. Amazon and look at those things. Yes. yes. When There's you're... All, kinds of, all kinds of places that do, that rank candidates based on, I mean, the NRA is one. They rank well, every yeah. candidate. Okay, we need them to stop, but you can everybody find, else needs to go. You can find liberal. Yeah. I need somebody in the middle. Forces too that, that do that same kind I of thing. Because I vote in the middle a lot. Like I'm never yeah. all one side or all the other. <laughs> so I need someone who's not like all one side or one the other. I need someone That's in the middle the thing. to tell you me the middle. You need a really bipartisan you know like person. You need like, yeah. a, like a consumer reports. Yeah. Yeah. We've ha- we had the the pro life Spider Man climbing the Devon Tower this week. God, what a dumbass! Uh, now I can't look at the Devon Tower the same way ever. Like I literally look at it now and I'm like, he fucking climbed that. Well, thing? you know what's ridiculous, you guys, is this dude is in a state where it's already well, and that's that was I was so confused. It's illegal to have an abortion. I was going to say abortion. he already won. Life well, that's why begins I- at conception here, according to the governor. So well, it's the strictest right. fucking well, law in I the was whole confused. goddamn yeah. U.S. Well, right now. I thought he was because they were calling him like he was. They were like he's here protesting like anti-abortion. So I thought he was protesting like Oklahoma's abortion law 
like when I was listening to nope. it and then someone's like oh no he calls himself the pro-life spider-man and I was like wait what I was it like we already zero have sense to have what does that have to do with anything oh he like, wouldn't call attention to yeah his t- but I tell you what man's got cojones of steel because the Devon tower is like 900 and whatever feet tall and he free climbs it no harness like just hands and chalk and like grippy shoes he's a dumbass i i don't think that takes balls i think it just takes no brain i wish his cause was the other side of well (laughs) it, it doesn't make any sense to call attention to the cause when it's already the fucking law here well that's why i was that's why i thought he was for the like he was anti abortion law like i yeah. that's how i thought that i was like oh this makes sense that he would do this here so i was so confused on tiktok when someone's like oh pro-life spider-man i was like wait this is not at all what i thought was happening for the past like 12 hours being any kind of a liberal in wyoming is to find yourself in the weirdest possible conundrum because we have spent our political lives for the last couple of years basically not agreeing with Liz Cheney on a multitude of issues, <laughs> but have never have never been able to say that the woman isn't well informed and hardworking. She's right. just well informed and hardworking generally on positions that most of us most of us liberals don't agree with. But through the course of this whole congressional hearing thing, she has shown more integrity and guts than anybody i can remember in recent political history you know she's what i said the put same her career on the line yeah she's i mean she said fuck my career if this is what i have to do to live my life with integrity then this is what i'm willing to do and i admire that so much i find myself really almost yeah i mean feeling like the democrats would have to you know come up with somebody who truly walked on water for me to eat you know to not vote against her if I get the chance to. They're doing their best to take her down in in the primary. You know what I think? But, I think Liz Cheney's going to run for president. Which you know, one of the Cheney daughters? Does he only have yeah. one daughter? Or does he have he has two no, he daughters? Has... One of them is gay, though. I would say, is this the the lesbian daughter no, or the other one? No, it's the other no. one. It's the other one. Okay. I'm just so over it right now. I'm so over everything. Every stinking commercial on TV right now. They have to put their faith out front, and I do not like it. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be waving your religion out in front to get elected. That's not how it's supposed to work. And every single one of those commercials does it. This is the one time that I love that I don't have cable because I don't have to see the ads for mm-hmm. all the like elections. It's like they tried to take prayer out of school. And my God says, blah, blah, blah. And my God says it's okay to carry an AR-15 into the Walmart. I got to protect my family. They're all idiots. <laughs> the one of the guy who's wearing a doctor's coat and a stethoscope, he says, I'm smart, so I didn't get the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. He's probably a doctor of physical education or something. Doctor of dumbassery. Dumbassery. <laughs> He's a doctor at dumbassery. We had drinks after work yesterday. I bet you did. <laughs> I had drinks at work yesterday, so I'm, I was jealous. I was listening to Martha at her remote, and I was like, "Where is she?" I did a live shift yesterday, so I was there my whole shift. And they would they kept bringing food, and the, oh my god, there was this drink, you guys. It's called lavender lemonade. It sounds disgusting. But I think it was one of the most refreshing things I've ever tasted in my life. It had lavender gin in it. I mean, who thinks that shit up anyway? (laughs) 
lavender gin. I gotta say, I'm always kind of weirded out by the different flavors of alcohol that they seem to make, and I'm like, who the hell would want that? And then, and then oddly there's enough, some, there's like one mixed drink that everybody yeah, uses. Yeah, though. oddly enough, it is absolutely delicious. I have found my new favorite drink, which is it is called Captain America. It is Smirnoff Sour Berry Lemon Vodka, Grenadine, Sierra Mist, and Lemonade. It tastes like an alcoholic bomb pop. So fucking like good. Like an alcoholic what? Like a bomb pop? Like from the, the ice cream man? I had <laughs> several of them last weekend. When in the, the summertime. The drinks in the summertime. What, Bonnie, what's your favorite summertime zum- drink? I have no clue. Hmm. How about you, Keith? I- I'm really boring. I don't either. Ah! <sighs> Pat, do you have a good one? Oh, pina coladas. Oh, those if are. If you like pina coladas. Except I hate that song. That is the song I hate more than any other song in the world. Oh, now that we because know. Because that song is evil. Yeah. And that yeah. song is stupid. Pina coladas are good, though. I mean, it is pretty stupid. It's a wife yeah. and a husband wanting to cheat on each other, so they take out personal ads and end up meeting each other. Sure. And it all works out okay. Oh, I know, except for the fact that they wanted to cheat on each other. Yeah, I would not read that book. The problem is still here. I'm sure there was a book written after that, don't you think? I bet Keith's right. And I wouldn't read it. Oh, really? I hate it when they cheat. You don't like cheating. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, that's the one trope. But they did. I also don't like it in my songs. But they did. There's only one reason you'd listen to a cheating song. Has written a couple of plays as well. And they're pretty good plays. They're pretty good twisty thrillers. Uh, Rupert Holmes, I think. He's written plays. That's interesting. Because Rupert Holmes sounds familiar. Guys, she's she's a Jeopardy winner. Come on. Pina Coladas. The name of the guy that wrote British American singer, songwriter, musician, dramatist, and author. Oh, he wrote the uh, musical uh, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Don't know that one. uh, I can't imagine a musical Yeah, but he really did it because that just has a (laughs) hundred endings. I did that in high school. That was fascinating. We had to learn all these different endings because that musical, you don't know how it ends. What do you mean you don't know? I'm confused. It's based on a Charles Dickens book, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, and he didn't finish it. Oh, so you just, it's like a choose your own adventure play? Yeah, the audience chooses a villain. (gasps) Oh, shit. They choose a detective, like which character is a detective, and they choose which characters get together. Oh, God. So you choose two characters to become a couple, and they sing a love song. It genuinely is a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. So you have to learn all these different endings. kind of cool, actually. It is really kind of cool. Okay, like the mystery of Edwin Drood is like way up here, and that Pina Colada song is like the piece of shit. That's weird. I love that song. He was young when he wrote it. Come on, there. You, I like that song too. Everybody knows that song. Everybody. That song's like a premise, but it's a good song. Like as soon as someone says Pina Colada, I would bet ninety percent of like the modern like Western world would start singing that song. I mean, what an accomplishment! Do you know what its name really is? Escape. No, it's the pina colada song. <laughs> no, it, that's in parentheses. Come with me and escape. <laughs> but, you know, you can't just go off of lyrics on a song to know whether it's good or bad. It's the it's the beat of the song. It's whether it catches you. Yes. Yes. And, and it really is. It's the is. earworm quality of the song. Yeah. It is totally You know earworm. what my new earworm is? And you're going to be surprised. Dude, are you really going to be so pissed, really need to share it? No, because everyone else has the share, same share. one. Everyone mm-hmm. else has the same. If you if you watch Stranger Things right now, oh, you yeah. and the whole world. Dude, that 
song is stupid. Agreed. I'm sorry. I grew up with it the first time around, it's, and I, I didn't only get it. like the chorus. I tried to listen to the whole song, and I was like, no, what just the song. Chorus. It's running Some up. Kate Bush song. It's running up that running hill. Running up that hill. Because of all the cool things. songs they could have picked, why they picked that? One? I have no idea. Because I think it. I mean, it fits the vibe of this season. I hated but... it the first time. Yeah, it's <laughs> sorry, a vibe. Kate Bush. It's a love you, but I do not like. <laughs> that I love song. that. Happy Juneteenth. Oh yes, it's Juneteenth yeah. today. Although saying Happy Juneteenth sounds it does weird. sound weird. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah, but it, it's um, one of those things where want is to, it Mary Juneteenth? No, it's I feel call, like it's, it's it's to call attention Mary. to, but to I this, feel like the continuing struggle based on what. But I do feel like it's happy Juneteenth because that was like a happy thing when it finally yeah, reached but, Texas. But not for us. I, you know, that's, I was wondering to... that the other day to myself. It was like, so how do how do us white folks be observant of Juneteenth, but not a culturally appropriational? You know, I, it, it, it's a mystery I, yeah. to me. Well, let's just say as an American, I'm glad that there is no more slavery. Hey, I'm a country. Yankee. I was against it from the start. My family so was I. against it from the start. I had family on both sides. Sorry. You know what? You can't change your history. You just learn and evolve and don't repeat it. I think it's because say, it, it's, give it five to ten years and it'll just be another reason to have a mattress sale. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, luckily, we're finally back to non-time travel shows. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> That We've was... landed safely in the future. Oh my god, it was exhausting. The TARDIS has deposited us back into present time. And it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. No. <laughs> there was no Matt Smith. There was no David Tennant. This is bullshit. Total we bullshit. Did not get the slingshot around the sun. <laughs> I didn't see any weeping angels. I didn't see any ouds. Fucking bullshit. The weeping angels so might be a good thing that we only read about and not see That's in true. person. <sighs> bullshit so my vacation was fine thanks for asking you assholes martha how was your vacation fine i forget that we're not time traveling anymore i'm all confused (laughs) i asked dylan did you yeah Yeah, when he came over to pick up his plants his dead plants i didn't kill all of them (laughs) just some of them we stopped at griner's place she made me a cherub pie which is my favorite cherry rhubarb case you guys need i was like an angel pie it is angel the (laughs) angels sing when i eat it (laughs) speaking of like angel cake speaking of which i'm still mad at myself that i didn't retrieve enough rhubarb from Mm. your bush to make my own damn pie when i got home i'm still mad martha you know you should have been into pat's bush a little more (laughs) oh man Pat's bush is huge. It needed some trimming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. It runs the whole width of the dog run. That's, <laughs> oh, that's a big so bush. Sweet baby Jesus. You know what? I I almost forgot to tell you guys. I bought the stupid, expensive manscaping trimmer. Oh, did it work? The one that Vonnie still hasn't used? No, that's, that's a hair like zapper. Oh, that's the zapper. zapper. How was the hair trimmer? This is the one on TikTok all the time where the women are like, you know, you should use this because men are very protective of their balls and they won't do anything to cut it. You know what? It, it's it, it's not all that, is it? It's a regular razor. Oh. I mean, like you would use on your face. You should see the, the attachments are so long. I'm kind of like, who, how long is your manscaping hair 
that they have these long attachments. It's good for if you like have not done anything in a long time and you need and you want to, you know, kind of tidy it up before, I don't know, actually taking a razor to it. But it's it's definitely not worth the 80 bucks or whatever it is. Jesus. I, I just have a feeling right down my gut that Vonnie is on this. Oh, you know, I am. <laughs> you know that I'm all into the political stuff. So this week um, I decided to read a uh, biography that pertains to civil rights. It's called Civil Rights Queen by Tamiko Brown-Nagin. Not sure if I said that right. Sorry if I said it wrong. And it is about the life and struggles of Constance Baker Motley. Um, And she became the first black woman to argue a case in front of the Supreme Court. And she was also the only black woman member at the time in the legal team at the NAACP. And she helped argue the case of Brown versus the Board of Education about segregating the schools for anyone who doesn't know what that case is about. Uh, It was extremely interesting. She had a very interesting life. Um, She grew up quite blue collar. Her family was actually from one of the British islands in the Caribbean and they moved to New York. So she kind of grew up a little privileged and had a lot of opportunities that other uh, black girls would not have had at the time. And this was like during the Great Depression, like right around that time period. But, you know, she grew up, she educated herself. Her parents were very big on education and she went into law and argued a lot of civil rights cases. Uh, She actually uh, defended Martin Luther case in Birmingham and helped in getting rid of a lot of the Jim Crow laws that they still had down South. And one of the interesting things that I, not so much interesting, sad and disturbing is some of these towns that she went to defend civil rights in, she was not allowed to eat in any of the restaurants or stay in any of the hotels. So a lot of times when she would go to these Southern towns to argue a case, they would have to drive four or five hours from somewhere else, from another state, basically, to argue this case, spend all day, and then that night drive four or five hours to even get to a hotel that she was allowed to stay in because she was black. Yeah. But just the fact that she still stood her ground, she was a tough lady, and also a nice, I mean, very, very put together, businesslike. She just seemed like she was a really strong black woman who helped try to, you know, fight for the rights of women and black Americans. It was very interesting. Her life was extremely interesting. And she's not very well known, um, which is a very sad thing because I had never heard of her before I read this book. I was just looking for something that would be civil rights related for Juneteenth. And I'm like, civil rights queen, what is this? And I read the description and I was like, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to read. Very well written. It really, it, it's not, even though it's a nonfiction and it's a biography, it's not monotone. I mean, you really get caught up in her stories, especially when she goes to these Southern towns that are still segregated 
and it's so racist that you're afraid for her life. It was a super good read. I would recommend it to somebody, somebody who likes biographies or somebody who just likes stories about strong women. And that again was called Civil Rights Queen by Tamiko Brown Negan. I've kind of been in this political nonfiction black hole lately. And this was the book that put me there. It was it was really great. And I think it's a wonderful book to talk about on Juneteenth because she fought for civil rights for black Americans and set a precedent for women in America. So she was fighting it on two on the battle on two sides. So if you're going to if you're going to celebrate something for Juneteenth, people like her are the people we should celebrate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I read a book celebrating pride month because we're still in it see it was hard while we were time traveling because i was like when are we gonna gonna?" the book i read is called island time it's by georgia clark and uh thank you to megan redlaw from atria books for sending it to us this was a really great book it's got this cute cartoony cover so a lot of people think it's going to be this big romantic comedy kind of thing, but it's, I'm not even sure what to call it. Uh, so we, I read and reviewed a book by Georgia Clark once before, and she writes in a very love actually kind of way with many points of view. This book I believe has nine. Nine points of view. Right. Holy (laughs) shiza. Because that's how many characters are in the book. And so each of them gives their point of view at various times. So this book talks about the Kellys and they're this messy, boisterous, loud Australian family. And they've come together on this secluded island off the coast of Queensland, Australia. And they've come together with the Lees and they're these very aloof kind of snobby and sophisticated American family. And they're together because their two daughters have gotten married. So they're celebrating the marriage. And so each like the parents have a house, the other set of parents have a house, the couple has a house. And then uh, one of the women has a sibling and she's come and she's expecting her fiance to come. And then right at the beginning, and it's this tiny little island that really only has room for the vacation rentals. And then it has employees that are on the island. And the island is owned by the indigenous people of Australia. So there's always one person that's indigenous to the area and then another person that they hire to kind of just upkeep and take care of everything on the island. Well, I think maybe the first or second day that everyone's on this island, and these are the only people on the island, are these two families and the two employees. There's a big volcano nearby that erupts and a tidal wave comes and pretty much destroys all the houses except one. So now you've got all these families living together in this one vacation home. This sounds like a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's fascinating because, you know, they don't mesh all that great anyway. So now they're stranded on this tropical island. So you you hear about certain characters and what they think and what they think of other people that are on this island. And then all of a sudden, though, you hear from the characters that they're, they're talking about. And so you think things are a certain way and then you get into their minds and you realize why they may come across as aloof or 
or as a bad person or so there are all these family secrets that are going on one of the couples it like they're talking about adopting a baby but then they can't decide if they really want to be parents or if they want to do their careers so there's a lot of back and forth about that kind of thing <laughs> um there's this amazing bromance between the two husbands because they find this bird <laughs> that they think is extinct and they find it on the island and they just keep leaving at weird times to kind of try and go find this bird. It's really cute because it's told in all the points of view of these people whose lives mesh anyway. It's not confusing. So it's not like and then over in London. So they're all here together on this island. One thing I really like about Georgia Clark as an author is she writes all of these queer books and she normalizes relationships so well in her books that it's not like it's so this couldn't be called a queer romance. I mean, there's romance in it and there's queer romance in it, but it's not in your face. Look, here's a here's a queer romance. It's more that it just it's just something that happens which I love. I love when it's not like, oh my gosh, we have to come out and the parents are going to be jerks. I mean, it's just like, hey, this happens and people are okay with it. But like I said, it's just, I mean, you can't even go into too much detail because there's just so many weird things that happen. And just every time I thought it was going in one direction and I thought, okay, well, this is the person that I don't like in this book. Then I learned something about a character that made me think, huh, interesting that per that character isn't nearly as bad as i thought because it really makes you appreciate that you don't know a person until you've walked a mile in their shoes kind of thing and it just it has so many great twists and turns i mean it's not there's no murder or anything like that but just all these secrets and things that come together that you wouldn't have expected so there are some romances in it it is not completely tied up at the end with a bright red bow, which is another thing that I like. I mean, because it's life and life doesn't end when you get off the island and they're stranded on this island for So the families are stuck on this island for six weeks because of this volcano. It's way longer than they expected. And they're all kind of smushed together into one house. So of course things are going to come up and things are going to get said but it was really great. I really enjoyed it. I gave it five stars. Um, maybe one Megan Blush, I guess. I mean, it's not a really racy book or anything, but um, there's some romancy bits in there and just normal life stuff too. Uh, and that again was Island Time by Georgia Clark. All right. How about if we go to Pat next? So I have kind of an unusual book for me uh, in that it is a collection of essays just not a, not a genre that I read a ton of, maybe one every couple of years. But this one caught my attention because of the title, which is Tacky, Love Letters to the Worst Culture We Have to Offer. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, by Rax King. And it is, uh, on the surface, it's, it's a book of essays about things that I mostly did not have personal experience with because Rax King is a fairly young author. I gather from things that she, hints that she dropped in the course of the essays that she's probably 
around 30-ish right now. Maybe even still late 20s. So most of the pop culture that she was talking about was happening in the 90s. She has an essay about hot to- shopping at Hot Topics. She has an essay about watching Jersey Shore and one oh, about yes. Sex in the City. Um, one on America's Top Model. One on the, the trend to have everything from candles to body lotions to everything else <laughs> scented like warm vanilla sugar. I feel uh, very attacked right now. I feel right like now. Megan should be reading this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Warm one vanilla on sugar or country apple. One on one on playing The Sims. One on meatloaf. It sounds like um, Nicole. I did not play Sims. Nicole plays a Sim. The, all of that sounds like Nicole. Uh, anyway, it was mostly stuff that I... Uh, one was on eating at the Cheesecake Factory. God bless her. <laughs> uh, it was stuff that I had not experienced, but she she has a gift for taking these these things that are kind of tacky and showing you how they are really an essential part of our culture. I bookmarked this page because I, I love this. As, as a person who has been to college and picked up some couple of degrees, I, I love this quote. Like John, I can speak with some degree of intelligence about Heidegger and Hegel, which I can't, I don't personally identify with that. Unlike John, I don't want to. Why should those be the conversations that occupy two people's limited time with one another? Those dense theoretical snarls of what could be the meaning of life and what might become of humanity and not the vivid here and now outlined in gossip rags. (laughs) (laughs) It's really important to stay up on your gossip rags. I think that's (laughs) more important, actually. And and actually, that falls more into the TikTok Twitter. Yeah. And my, yeah. Well, my experience on Jeopardy really bore that out because I, prior to going on to play, I had thought, oh boy, you know, I ought to. I used to use Yahoo as my my portal into the internet, and I would always get hung up reading stupid celebrity gossip. And I thought, go in. I should use CNN or something. I should be staying on top of current events. One, I never got any questions about you know political knowledge and current events. But there was a question about who caused the scandal by licking a donut. And I won a bunch of points by knowing it was Ariana Grande because I was reading stupid celebrity gossip. See, you never know when it's going to help. See, my fangirlness could help you win Jeopardy, Martha. Yeah, I'm not going to win Jeopardy, dude. Never. It's never happening. As long as you have an entire category that's just boy band trivia. Anyway, so she she makes a lot of really thoughtful points about how these things fit into our culture and what importance they have beyond just being a store or a TV show or that there's things that people connect through. But the other weird reaction I had to this book is I kept I, I almost felt worried for this woman who was the author because she was very upfront. In fact, she talks a lot about her sex life in there and her sex life is a very active one. I would say she, you know, she was about 14 when she became sexually active. And she said, I have no trouble with putting a number out there, but I have no idea what it is. I stopped counting at 100. And that was six or seven years ago. Now, she's Holy in her late shit. 20s. Yeah. And I'm so I'm going and a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol in her teenage years at the same. And she was a parent, you know, just kind of a, a middle class kid. And I'm thinking, is that really what high school is like for kids these days? Do they have to navigate? She she kind of tries to play it off very blasely. And yes, I'm a, you know, I'm a free spirit and I do what I want and I don't care who I go to bed with. And I was like, 
I was worried for her just reading these essays. And I thought, am I just old fashioned? I don't know. So I had that little side reaction. But other than that, she's she's very witty. She's very observant about people and our culture and our society. And it was a pretty entertaining read. So that was uh, Tacky by Rax King. I think I probably would have had a lot more sex if I had been in a different city. Or, and she was in, I get the impression she was in New York or close by. Yeah. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Plus, in this day and age, I mean, a hookup is a fairly blasé thing. There's mm-hmm. a lot less shame involved in sexual activity than there used to be. So the younger the person, chances are the more sex they've had. But, Plus, it's so, you just swipe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Guess what we forgot to do again? We forgot to talk about Patreon. Patreon is our lifeblood. They're the reason that we can pay our bills. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon people who are subscribing to us through the Patreon site. Our newest member, Dara Doak, thank you so much for being there for us. And as for the rest of you guys, come on now. You can help us out just a little bit. Go check out Patreon. We're getting ready to record another special episode next week. What is it going to be about? Hmm, I guess you would find out if you were a subscriber. So hop on to Patreon.com and join the rest of the special insider, insider book tribe people and be a Three Book Girls Patreon supporter. Thanks in advance. Speaking of sex... What? Yay. There's no sex in my uh no, there's no sex in my book. Oh, come on. We're talking about Megan blushes. We have to have some blushing from Megan. No, not this time. So this book was actually recommended to me from somebody on the tribe, and I did not scroll back far enough to see what it was. <laughs> I am reviewing the boy band murder mystery by Ava Eldred. I don't oh, remember who it was either. My God, this book. Gave me life. <laughs> so we have our fictional boy band and their name is Half Light. And they, they're a boy band, but there's only three of them. And the best way that the author kind of, when I read her about herself type thing at the end is some of the bandmates could be people from the band West Life. If people remember that one, it was a little more Europe than here. Uh, and then One Direction, of course. They could be any of the boy bands. They fit everywhere. So we have Harry, which is Harrietta. So it's H-A-R-R-I. And she is a huge Half-Light fan. She has, all of her friends are online. They're all from the fandom. They've never all, none of them have actually met each other, which is so true of today's fandom because everything's done online. And they're just obsessed. The book starts out with Frankie kind of the lead singer, so to speak, of Half Light, getting arrested for suspicion of murdering his oldest and best friend, Evan. Is Evan in the band? Evan is not in the band. Okay. So, of course, the the fandom goes crazy. And Frankie is dating one of his bandmates. So it's... And openly dating the, the, his bandmate. It's not a Harry and Louie alleged situation. They are 
actually together. And so everyone's immediately worried and I cannot come up with his name right now, but everyone's like, Oh my gosh, how's he doing? Like his band, his boyfriend's in jail and like the band can't do anything. And it was a whole mess. So the first, their first step in thought is, you know, we always say as fangirls, we would do anything for them. Like when you watch back, especially in like the nineties, when the reporters will be like, how much do you love your favorite band? And they're like, Oh my God, I would do anything for them. So these group of fangirls decide, you know, we've said forever, we would do anything for them. So let's prove that Frankie did not kill Evan. So they turn into fangirl FBI, which if you are in a fandom, you know that that is a very real thing. Uh, I always call them the One Direction FBI because they... Seriously, some of those fangirls, like... They're crazy. I'm afraid if they ever turn into stalkers. Yeah, they get a little crazy. So their first call of action is they decide that they're going to sneak in to the press conference... But with the band, the, the three that are the two that are not in jail and the band manager and all that. And so they because they want all the information because they're like, we need to know everything we can so that we can use our fangirl powers to get Frankie to prove that Frankie could not have killed Evan. Like, it just is impossible. So they first off sneak in and it's genius because the security guards are too stupid to realize <laughs> that fangirls know the names of all the people in the band circle. So they go up and just say, you know, like. I, I can call Chloe. If I need to call her, I, I will. Whatever. I can't think of any of the other band members' names in the book at the moment. You know, he needs his anti-anxiety medicine. And she's just carrying, like, a plastic bag, like, a paper bag and trying to say that she's got his prescription. And it fucking works. Gets right in. <laughs> like, That's terrible security. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah. It, it's just, just being able to name their team. And all, that's all it took to get them in. And one of the girls went in um, with one of the interns. She got in with her friend that's an intern. And that's kind of where it kicks off. And it was just, you. I felt so incredibly seen by this book <laughs> because the relationships of the, the girls and their friendship and they all, some of them, they actually meet in person, the ones who all live in the UK because they're so determined and they're digging through and they're analyzing the video. They have a girl that I think she lived in Scotland and she hacks the studio's security camera footage to like see where people were in the studio. Evan dies by falling off the roof of the studio while the band is there recording. And so it, that's why the band gets caught up in what happened to Evan. And it, it's just really fun because I feel like if it happened in real life, that it's exactly what the fangirls would do. They'd be like, great, someone hacked the camera. Let's timestamp the shit out of this. What were they wearing at the press conference? Who had on what? Does it mean anything? And it was just <laughs> so much fun. And there's a couple of twists and turns. Like one of the girls, uh, Harry goes to try to get on. They call her for an intern because they're just hiring people to answer the phone at the record label because the phone's just ringing off the hook, every blogger, every newspaper. And they really like how she handles the phone. And she gets like a mysterious phone call from a fan. Who's like, I think I heard something, but it might be hurt, like harmful to Frankie if it gets out. But like, I feel like somebody else needs to hear it. And then she get they get disconnected uh, because the girl gets nervous. And so you find out more about what that recording is and what she heard or overheard. And 
Harry ends up not getting the internship because she's too much of a fan. When they start to actually interview her, she, they're like, oh, why do you want to go into like music industry or whatever? And she's like, because of the band. And she's like, but not in like a creepy way, but because like my passion is, you know, music relations or whatever. And they're like, oh, that sucks. We can't hire you now because you're a fangirl. <laughs> but you were really great. But goodbye. And it talks about the the ever-changing relationship between the girls and what it's like when they meet face-to-face and what happens when they have a disagreement when they're face-to-face versus what happens if they're online and just following the whole trail. There's so many twists and turns. Like, I kind of thought I had it figured out, and then it wasn't at all what I thought was going to happen. And it I just felt so <laughs> seen and could just see it happening. As someone who lives in, like, that fangirl fandom world... It wasn't past the realm of this could happen if like if Harry Styles got arrested for Louis's best friend dying. Like it would not be uh, something that would not happen. The fangirls would deep dive. They would go absolutely insane <laughs> and they would solve it before the police even knew what happened. I do not doubt the power of fangirls when it comes to protecting their, their boy bands and their favorites. <laughs> you learn more about the relationship between Frankie and his bandmate would soul crush people when they, if they read it and they get to that moment, they're going to know what moment, because it's a, it would be a very real fear of fangirls. Using Harry and Louie as an example in that situation would, it would upset people Um, watching them solve this murder or trying to solve this murder. What happened to Evan? This author owns my soul. <laughs> she, just, I went to meet her. I already Instagrammed, tagged her, and so I was like, "You get it, thank you." <laughs> and she was, she was super nice. Uh, and that was the boy band murder mystery by Ava Eldred. And I want to be her best friend. <laughs> I'm tickled by how much you love that book. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. It made me so happy. It got me out of my book slump. <laughs> As soon as I every saw other the name, book is going to be disaster now. Yeah. As soon as I saw the name on Facebook, I was like, "Oh my god, Megan's going to be so all over this book." Jumped <laughs> <laughs> on the TBR list because I kept looking at my shelf, just going, "I don't want to read that." And because I was like, "I just got it. I can't move it ahead that quickly." And then I was sitting there and I was like, "Nope, fuck it. It's coming. It's it's time. It's happening. I need out of this book slump." I started reading. You can it. do whatever you want to. It's right. your reading library. That's true. And it was right after Hanson Day, so it was perfect. Hanson yeah she actually thanked she she thanked hansen and the author like thanks she was like thanks to one direction and westlife and taylor hansen because i had a huge crush on you i was like this is the second book <laughs> that i've read this, this year <laughs> it's like thanks taylor hansen for making me an author <laughs> awesome yes. well my book does not have any boy bands in it what i don't think actually it might kind of have a musician in it somewhere uh... i don't know the book that I read is called The Club by Ellery Lloyd. And Ellery Lloyd is a pseudonym for a husband and wife writing team, Colette Lyons and Paul Vitos. It takes place on an island as well. And it follows a really super high-end ritzy club that celebrities belong to. It's, and it's called Home. And they have homes in all of these different locations. There's one in Malibu, one in Manhattan, Paris, Shanghai, Venice, Cannes, all all these different home locations. 
Well, of course, there are a lot of celebrities that visit all of these locations because they're really good about security. Um, They're very accommodating to the celebrities. They make sure they have everything they want. And the book surrounds this newest location of home. And it's told from four points of view. Adam is Ned's younger brother. Annie is the head of membership at home. Nikki, who's Ned's personal assistant. And Jess, who is a newly hired housekeeper. And they basically you you get kind of snippets of all of the relationships and how everything intertwines. And of course, there's a murder that takes place. You're sort of trying to figure out, A, why? So we both read celebrity murder books this week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. (laughs) But it was interesting. The very first, I'm pretty sure one of the first things that happened is the suite of this really super rich actor gets completely trashed. And I do mean completely. Like the first day. And the girl who's the uh, housekeeper goes in there and she's totally freaked out because all of the things in this room are very specific. They have to have, you know, very specific furniture. They have to have very specific foods, all of these things. And he, whoever has done this has totally trashed it. So within a few hours, they have to try to source all of these different materials and all this stuff and it's on an island and so you get all kinds of you get the stress of the people who are trying to make all these things happen and then it's just really kind of one of those books that's very twisty because you're trying to figure out what the angle is of all these people you know each of them has an angle and it it kept me guessing till the very end and as I was going back to Goodreads to like look at it again, I noticed there were a bunch of people who did not like it because they were comparing the first book. Um, and I don't remember what that one's called, but they loved that one. And then when this was, this one came out, they were all mad that it didn't match up to whatever that was. So I have no idea what that was, but I do know that there was a lot of really horrible reviews on Goodreads based on that. But since I didn't read it, I don't care. <laughs> um, I, like I, 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 I I love that she made it sound like you just didn't read the book, but it really it was just you didn't read the comments on Goodreads. Oh, the first book. You're saying you didn't read the no, first book. No, I didn't book. read the first book. Oh, okay. It's I, not, okay. I don't think I'm they're, con- they're not connected. They're, they're like a bo- the first book that the author group wrote. Gotcha. And so people are commenting on Goodreads on this novel that they didn't like it because her uh, first book was so much better. Oh, or and you had not read book. the first book. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, personally, I liked it. It was a beach read type of novel, which I think would be something good to read while you're on vacation. It really was not my normal type thing. There were a lot of, quote, celebrities in it. Not people we would recognize, but they're explained in there. And you find out a lot about the group of people who created Home. And I don't know. I just liked it. I thought it was a great twisty mystery. And it was just so different from other things I had read. I really liked it. I thought it was a fun, fun book for summer. It's called The Club by Ellery Lloyd. Celebrity murder at its best. Yes. So 
back to so back to Jeopardy. Okay, Bonnie. I think it'd be funny to um, well, I suck at to it. know uh, what subjects if you could have any subject on celebrity that had its own little panel. What would you take? <laughs> what, what do you mean? I mean, like if Megan I... would be like, um, I need uh, eighty or boy bands uh, for eight hundred. Yes, please. yeah. I would be playing that version of Jeopardy that they do on SNL, which is like my favorite skit ever. <laughs> that is how they have one. things like the color red, and it's like this <laughs> is the color, and you have to answer red. <laughs> I feel like I could do pop culture in general. It depends how detailed you want this category to be. I know pop culture encompasses a lot of crap. I don't it think does. it you're would just put on pop culture. Yeah, you're making up the subject. You can you can make it whatever you want, Megan. Oh. Whatever you oh, want. Man. Keith, if you wanted it Larry to be dinosaur Stylinson. porn for six hundred, <laughs> you could do that. Larry Larry Stylinson for eight hundred, please. There you go. There you go. Okay. Um I think I would like Animal penises for eight hundred, Alex. <laughs> animal Do you really and, know that much about animal penises? Animal and insect. I'm a little afraid of you. A- animal and insect penises for eight hundred, please. <laughs> Pat, what would you pick? If I could have had my dream category where I could probably beat most people, it would have been Dr. Beverly Crusher. Yeah, there you go. Yep. See, yes, it's like cosplay her. At- sci-fi conventions and yeah with she's, my a, luck, she's the celebrity that pat stalks yeah with my <laughs> luck it would be like the most random like only thing i don't know about no you get to pick i know but like i'm saying like in the like the question would be like the one thing i didn't know yeah. about in the larry style what would yeah. yours be vani i don't know what do you think i know the most about Filthy innuendo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know a lot of um, do know a lot of those. It just comes naturally to me. I don't know dogs. <laughs> dogs. World War Two. Oh Pointless yeah. World War Two yeah. fictional yep. trivia. There you, there go. you go. Ken Follett. I need Ken Follett for six hundred, please. There you oh, go. Oh, dude, I could see that as a category. Yeah. Keith, mm-hmm. were you sticking with dinosaur porn for your category, or would you pick I, a different? I category? always do well on the musical theater questions. Uh, yeah. I'm a big musical theater nerd. I don't know. You could go for um, different different hair removal. Yeah, <laughs> items on Amazon or brands of razor because I feel like I've tried every single one. Oh my! I need um ball trimmers for five hundred. <laughs> Seriously, we looked at a lot of ball trimmers in Target that day, and they all looked pretty much the same. And I think you've proven it is beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, they just all kind of look like the one that I already buy that I get. I think I would do okay in. Maybe some geology trivia. Or sci-fi. Sci-fi trivia. Rock and sci-fi. No, Actually, your category could be sci-fi rocks, and it's either (laughs) sci-fi or rock-related questions. Oh, yes. I love that. You know how sometimes they have those, and it's like This rock was in a book. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. They're floating on a geode through space. What's the book? Pick one. <laughs> Armageddon. I don't know, but it has a blue cover. 
Yeah. Did you all I'm realize that? I kind of remember week? that. Did you all realize last week that like all of our all the book covers were like blue? Not till you told us, Megan. <laughs> when, really? When I went to make the social media, I was like, like all except for Rach, uh, Rachel. Rachel. That one was in like black and white, but I was like, every cover is blue. So, what kind of inappropriate Jeopardy questions uh, are on your mind, Fonny? Well, you know what would be a good one to do is uh, internet dating. So internet dating failures. <laughs> so 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 the question is, um, is um, if the guy that swiped right on you suggests you meet in the Seven Eleven parking lot, is it actually a date? No. <laughs> <laughs> if your internet dating pick wants you to pet the parrot on their shoulder. Is that red flag? Is is that something that pet the issues pa- a second date? Pet the parrot on his shoulder. Remember, Alyssa said that one a guy real parrot? that was like thought he was like a parrot or or a pirate. Thought he was a shit. pirate and he had a parrot on his shoulder. I don't know if he had a parrot. I just remember her oh saying, "My God, the pirate." <laughs> or you know, hair removal. Hair removal is always a big. Oh, thing. I think we could all compete very well in hair removal. It could be the the name of the ta- category could be mother pluckers. Nice. And it could be about any hair removal system. For women. Laser. (laughs) Trimmer. (laughs) What what popular trimmer is good for men and women (laughs) in any region south of the equator? (laughs) Keith? (laughs) That meridian piece of shit? I mean... It is a very pretty green, though, I must say. Does it say. make your balls nice and smooth down there? <laughs> kind of like that American Pie. Remember American Pie 2? Has anyone watched that? I've yes, never watched that. But I don't remember. Or actually, it's American Pie Wedding, not not 2. No, I don't when, think I've seen that one. When he goes in the bathroom of their honeymoon suite, and there's like a, a hair trimming kit, and he decides to shave his balls. You should oh. never do that the day of. Sheesh. What did he nick? Well, it's the funny thing is, is that he did it over the bathroom rug. And then he like he threw all the hair out the window and there were people like walking down there. And it I did see it that all went all I d- over. I did. I did see that. Yes. I remember that scene. And went into the uh, coolers for the oh, refrigerators my God. and got all like, about that. Oh my God, that's got so cubes disgusting. all over the cake and shit. Oh. I do kind of remember that. I do remember that. Ooh, here have a piece of pube cake. That's disgusting. <laughs> I did not nasty. pay for this hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> waiter, waiter, I think there's a hair in my cake. There's some there's some cake on my hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty nasty. Gives new meaning to fuzzy navels. (laughs) I would have to have my category be all things inappropriate because I watch those kind of movies and remember them. Like the dirty parts. And remember the filthy parts. Yeah. See, I told you. The filthy parts. Yep. Like when uh, (laughs) a Oh when, dear God! When the when he has to eat the the poop to get the ring out of it because the dog ate the ring, so what? he pretends like a turd is a truffle and puts it in his mouth. I feel like there's better ways to solve that problem. Serious. Same same movie. It's a very guy movie. I'm telling you, I like well, a water I, hose. I lost my woman card. Yeah, I would say so. Eating turds. <laughs> Come on now. 
It's know, hilarious. All you'd have it's to do is funny. squish it. You wouldn't have to put it in die. your mouth. Oh my god! Well, you have to like watch the whole scene. It. He has to pretend it's a chocolate so that they don't find out that he let the dog eat the ring. Still, ew, ew. I would rather fess up and take the oh, rap. Me too. I would totally fess up. It's it's disgusting and hilarious at the same time. I, I feel like my other category could be like 90 songs that were completely inappropriate that we didn't know, didn't realize were inappropriate when listening. To yeah. <laughs> I feel like everybody's category could be that. There was, what made me think of it is there was a girl on TikTok who was like, had, she literally pulled her car over in a parking lot and she was like, here I am just listening to my like pop 1990s 2000 playlist and digital get down by NSYNC themselves comes on this whole song's about phone sex you dirty birds and I was like so obvious what was the other one that we talked about the other day that was about something Prince Prince, Little Red Corvette oh my god we had Mr. Keith is a big Prince fan and I was listening to it and I was asking him all the questions we had so many people respond after we talked about that oh my god you mean it's about no about sex they they had no idea no they had no idea for a long time until somebody told me well that one (laughs) song and I can't think of the name but the the lyric is every morning she wakes up and there's a halo hanging off her four yeah yeah well, I didn't know that a halo was a used condom. Oh! Until wait. somebody told me that. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that conversation so on Facebook dirty. somewhere. Oh, and yeah. somebody, Of course, a it's younger yeah. person was and a guy Ray? told yes. me, he's like, you know, that's a used condom. I'm like, what? But then the next, the, the next lyrics in the song is sometimes I see if I can use it for a weekend or a one night stand. I'm like, so he's going to use a used condom. I'm very confused Ew! right now. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Look up those I'm lyrics. Right Megan. Now. Look them up because I used to sit and sing them because they would be <gasps> stuck in my head. Every, okay. So every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four post bed. I know it's right. not mine, but I'll see if I can use it for the weekend or a one night <laughs> stand. Yeah. Can't understand how to work it out. Once again, as predicted, left my broken heart open and you ripped it out. So so there's some other guy who left a used condom at his girlfriend's place and he then decides that he'll use it. No, I think he's saying he's going to use the girlfriend. Like, I'll use it for, like, it as in, like, her. I don't think that's what it means. It's saying it and not her. If he was talking about her, why would he Yeah, I think he's talking about using that condom and screwing her with it to get back at her. Ew. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm glad I could share that with you guys. Thanks, Bonnie. We're totally grossed out now. We appreciate your dirty mind. See, I'm really a guy in disguise. You are. <laughs> and I think that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.